0: From The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Kristin Amiot. It's Monday, September 4. The National Disability Insurance Scheme is making children with autism and developmental delays dependent on therapeutic support. That's despite evidence showing that kids with the developmental condition have better long-term outcomes when they're supported through school and community programs. In a submission to the NDIS review, The Actuaries Institute has recommended diverting millions of dollars in funding to offer support in everyday settings. Small businesses will be exempted from the government's controversial same-job, same-pay reforms. That means they won't have to convert casuals to permanent employees or provide paid time off for union training. It's an olive branch from Workplace Relations Minister Tony Burke who's trying to quell employer anger over the shake-up. The government has begun its referendum campaign in earnest, unveiling a national advertising campaign fronted by a beloved John Farnham anthem. In today's episode, we unpack why timing is everything in the lead up to the October 14 vote and how The Voice himself could win over one of the debate's toughest demographics. It's hard to believe it now, but in the mid-1980s, John Farnham's career was circling the drain. He'd tried and failed to crack the American market. Record sales were down and nobody was going to his shows. His 12th album, Whispering Jack, was to be one last roll of the dice. The gamble paid off thanks in large part to the second song on that album's track list. You're The Voice Voice not only saved Farnham's career, it made him a beloved part of Australia's cultural fabric in the decades that followed. He's come to be known simply as the voice to Australians across all generations. The song took on a life of its own too. On any given day, you can hear it being belted out at weddings, sports stadiums, and backpacker bars from Barcelona to Boston.
1: It's a protest song. It's an anthem with a very strong message and an incredible arrangement and melody and perhaps the world's greatest bagpipe solo. It's either that or ACDC's long way to the top. I don't know, take your pick.
0: Andrew McMillan is the Australian's music writer.
1: But it's a song that very quickly came to define John Farnham on its release in 1986, and it's the song that he will always be remembered for thereafter.
0: Farnham is the first to acknowledge the life-changing power of You're the Voice... It's why he's lending the iconic track to the Yes campaign in support of an Indigenous voice to Parliament.
1: Sean Farnham has issued a short statement to go alongside the campaign launch. He said, This song changed my life. I can only hope that it now may help in some small way to change the lives of our First Nations people for the better. It's a song that has been co-opted by others probably since it was released in 1986, but John Farnham himself has never stood behind nor endorsed any of those usages until today.
0: The song will provide the soundtrack to a national advertising campaign directed by award-winning filmmaker Warwick Thornton. The hope is that it'll inspire Australians to vote yes in the referendum, which is happening on October 14.
2: We hope for a better future. Vote yes!
3: Vote yes on October 14. Thank you.
0: The three-minute film features a handful of significant moments of change from Australia's history. There's the moment Uluru was handed back to its traditional owners. I
3: now place in the hands of the Uluru-Katachuta Aboriginal Land Trust
2: the title deeds.
0: The firearms law reforms that made Australia a world leader in gun control.
3: It will add to the overall safety and good of the Australian community.
0: Kathy Freeman's unforgettable gold medal run at the Sydney Olympics.
2: performance champion
0: And Kevin Rodd's apology to Indigenous Australians.
3: And for the indignity and degradation thus inflicted on a proud people and a proud culture, we say sorry.
0: You'll start seeing it on your TV screens and around the web from today.
1: The last time that John Farnham performed the song in public was at a public event for the Firefight Australia fundraising concert. That performance was memorable and remarkable because he ceded the spotlight and the centre stage in a way to two indigenous men, Alan McKenzie on didgeridoo and Mitch Tambo on vocals to perform this mighty Titanic song alongside him. If that was to be the final time that song is performed by him in public, it is a massively symbolic and meaningful gesture for him to share the stage with a whole range of musicians, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, to really make that a song of unity, of sharing, of generosity, of spirit, which it has long been identified as
0: such. Keeping the campaign under wraps until now has been no mean feat. One of the architects of the Uluru Statement from the Heart, Professor Megan Davis, says people have been asking her about it for months. She spoke with Andrew over the phone.
2: This is the number one question Australians have asked me since we got back from The Rock, even before they asked questions about the substance of the voice. From the moment things got serious, people will even stop you in the streets and say, have you thought of approaching John Farnham? Mm. So I have to say it's a relief now to be able to answer that question for people.
0: The story of how it happened is a truly modern tale. It all started at last year's AFL Grand Final, where Robbie Williams performed a cover of You're the Voice. Historian Claire Wright, who's advising the Uluru Dialogue, watched the performance on TV.
2: And I had this very visceral reaction to the song in a way that I had never had before. Hmm. Um, The hairs on the back of my neck stood up and I texted Megan Davis and I said, are you listening to this?
0: Freshly inspired by the performance, Wright decided to shoot her shot with Farnham's management, sending a message to the son of Farnham's longtime manager, Glenn Wheatley, via Instagram. Hmm.
2: So here's what I wrote. Hi Tim, this is super cheeky and possibly totally inappropriate of me, but I'm trying to get a contact for John Farnham's manager. It's in the service of history. I'm a professor of history at La Trobe University. Totes legit and not stalkery.
0: <laughs> Sorry
2: for the opposition, it's not. Cheers, Claire.
0: And the rest, as they say, is history. The significance of Farnham's gesture amid his widely publicised health battles isn't lost on Professor Davis.
2: And, like, to have someone like that take something that's like a national asset in such a forthright manner say, yeah, you can use this, despite all of the misinformation and disinformation of the No campaign and the impact that's had on the polling just stood strong and said, yeah, I'm behind you. That's what an ally is, you know? Mm.
0: Coming up after the break, how the No campaign will spin the government's big push for votes on October 14th. My name is Manny Karoudis, and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts, and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. John Farnham's career-defining anthem, You're the Voice, is in many ways an obvious choice for the Yes campaign. It's beloved by Australians of all ages, but in the context of a referendum on an Indigenous voice to parliament, it appeals to one crucial demographic.
3: It certainly resonates with older Australians and they're the toughest demographic for the Yes campaign.
0: Denna Shanahan is the Australian's national editor.
3: The strongest opposition to the voice to parliament referendum has been all along amongst older Australians and coalition supporters. This is the first celebrity appeal, which is on that emotional level, which could be directed towards older Australians, the key demographic where they really have to shift some votes. But in voting terms, it is the older generations that count because there's more of them and they're more likely to vote.
0: It's a calculated and canny move by the Yes Camp. Here's Professor Megan Davis again.
2: He's acutely aware of his fan base and the place of him and this song and this nation and what vision and courage and leadership.
0: It's not a total home run, however. The decision to use the song as is has raised eyebrows because some of the lyrics appear to play into the hands of those opposed to the voice. Nationals leader David Littleproud says lyrics like, you're the voice, try and understand it, perfectly capture the lack of detail provided about how the voice will function.
3: Oh, look, I think that David Littleproud and Peter Dutton will do whatever they can to try and spoil the opposition's theme song, as it were. But I think the key here is the lack of understanding, which is why most people have said they will vote against the voice. It is a lack of understanding, a lack of detail, a demand to know how the voice will work. And that is one of the strongest reasons against the referendum. And that plays into the strength of the no campaigns theme. So I think David Littleproud has picked up on quite a useful strand within the Farnham song. I think the impact will be limited, but it means that it's not completely 100% success for the Yes campaign.
0: The no side has a pretty good reason to come out swinging against the flashy production. It's at a significant financial disadvantage, and that's why we likely won't see them drop a comparable campaign in the lead-up to October 14.
3: The No campaign does not have the resources of the Yes campaign. The Yes campaign has more than $100 million to spend in all sorts of things. So all of that helps the Yes campaign maintain a very big presence. It's got all the corporate support and much bigger advertising. So the no campaign will try and do as it can, but it is at an institutional disadvantage, if I can put it that way. As far as the advertising campaign is concerned, the obvious support, and so they will have to stick to that message. The no campaign, rather than trying to have a a vast launch, will have to actually try and Depend on the message. And that message is, as Peter Dutton has said, it won't make any practical difference to the lives of Indigenous Australians who are in most need. And if you don't understand it, don't vote for it. And the government is in difficulty here because it is hard for Labor and the Yes campaign to give any detail as to how it will work because they're saying it will only be legislated after the referendum. And All they can say, as far as practicality, because of that lack of uh, detail on how it will work, is that it will be better. So I think the No campaign will very much stick on their theme, although they will be outgunned on the advertising and campaigning front.
0: If people have been stopping Professor Megan Davis in the street to ask about Farnsey for months now, you might be wondering why the Yes camp didn't go big ages ago. The short answer is that they're playing the long game.
3: Part of Anthony Albanese's strategy from the very beginning has been that he wanted to have an emotional appeal in a short, sharp campaign. That's why he's delayed for so long. This is a very political campaign. It's a strategy like an election campaign. Short, hard, and a lot of advertising, a lot of money. He's tried to tire out the No campaign with all their arguments and switch the switch to vaudeville in the last six weeks to introduce Johnny Farnham's song three months ago, it would have lost its impact by now and people would have picked up on that lack of understanding. So the idea that it is just there as part of the big bang in the final few weeks, I think is smart politics. And it's what Anthony Albanese has wanted to do where people suddenly focus and then respond emotionally to the messages that they get, rather than be bogged down in the technical, legislative and constitutional arguments that have been occurring over the last few months.
0: Dennis Shanahan is The Australian's national editor and Andrew McMillan is our music writer. You can read the full inside story of how the You're The Voice campaign came together right now at theaustralian.com.au.